Welcome to Ben Davis Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Davis, and I'm excited to have a conversation with you about one of my favorite things in the world, movies. Uh, This week, I am flying solo. That's right. Usually I have a a guest on here, but this week, things came up and couldn't couldn't get it worked out, so it is just me um, for this week. And we'll be discussing one of my favorite fantasy films growing up. The Wizard of Oz. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, I want to talk about a few things I watched this week. And I, I say a few things, but really, I was kind of super busy this week. I, I got to see some family members that I haven't seen because of COVID in over a year. So that was that was lovely. Uh, and because of that, I didn't really watch a whole heck of a lot. Um, having said that, though, I was able to catch one of my favorite Steven Spielberg movies, uh, Catch Me If You Can. Uh, if you haven't seen it, it's based on a true story where Leonardo DiCaprio plays uh, Frank Abagnale Jr., a kid who is, at the age of 17, I think he became the most successful bank robber and forger in the history of the United States. Uh, I mean, that could have changed between now and, and when this movie took place. I, I'm not real sure, but I know at the time he was. Uh and he's being hunted down by an FBI agent played by Tom Hanks uh, in this movie. Um, it, this movie is really fast, fun, and really highly entertaining. But, of course, because it's a, a Steven Spielberg movie, it packs a whole whole lot of heart. And I think that's why I like it so much. Uh, it also has some really good performances uh, from Christopher Walken. In particular, Christopher Walken's performance in like a, a, a fancy restaurant with his son. It's... It, played by leo it's awesome and this movie is really the one that put amy adams on the map um i really can't think of any other i know she was in a couple of smaller things including like a direct to video sequel of cruel intentions but this was really the one that like catapulted her into who she is today you know one of the finest actresses working in hollywood she's my she's one of my favorites for sure um, if you haven't seen it though, uh, it's on Netflix. So if you're interested in watching it, it's it's certainly one that I I recommend. It's one of my favorite Spielberg movies that doesn't really get talked talked about often. Same with uh, Minority Report. But <clears throat> we're gonna move on to our movie this week, uh, the 1939 classic. The Wizard of Oz. Uh, If you aren't familiar with The Wizard of Oz, the plot synopsis reads like such, according to Google. When a tornado rips through Kansas, Dorothy and her dog Toto are whisked away uh, in their house to a magical land of Oz. They follow the yellow brick road toward Emerald City to meet uh, the wizard, and en route, they meet Scarecrow that needs a brain, a tin man missing a heart, and a cowardly lion who wants courage. The wizard asks the group to bring him the broom of the Wicked Witch of the West to earn his help. Now, this movie is one of the most iconic movies ever made. It's ingrained within pop culture. I seriously, I don't, I don't know anyone that hasn't at least seen this movie growing up. You know, whether it's classic lines like "There's no place like home." I'll get you my pretty and your little dog too. Uh, we're not in Kansas anymore, which I mean is a is a line that's used in, or has been used in several other films. Of course, there's then there's the classic songs like "Somewhere Over the Rainbow," uh, "If I Only Had a Brain," uh, the Lollipop Guild song, 
And, and of course, you know, we're off to see the wizard. You know, the Wizard of Oz has really in, in, endeared the hearts of, and minds of, of moviegoers for generations and will continue to do so as the years go on. It's it's just simply a it's a classic. It really, really, it really is. Um, so the first time I saw The Wizard of Oz, I, I know I usually have a freakish memory when it comes to the first time I saw movies. It's very specific. But with this, I don't. I really don't. It's just, it's always been in my life. And I, I don't remember the first time I watched it. Similarly, similarly to how I don't really remember the first time I saw a Batman movie or a Star Wars movie, even though my first experience in a movie theater, I remember it being a Star Wars movie. I don't really remember when I first sat down to watch them. It's kind of like with this too. You know, I remember of course, you know, being scared of the Wicked Witch, you know, but that that's really it. You know, I remember, you know, being a lot of, you know, it I remember watching the beginning a lot growing up, but once all the characters were introduced, I would always kind of fade out until the very end when the Scarecrow, the Tin Man, and the Cowardly Lion went to, to go save Dorothy after she got captured from the uh, the Flying Monkeys. But, you know, that being said, it was, it was, again, it was one that my family frequently watched on our movie nights, and I certainly enjoyed watching it growing up. It was, you know, even if it wasn't my... My cup of tea, or really my go-to. Uh, I watch it now, and I absolutely see why this movie has held up so much over the years. It's got this timeless feel to it that makes it like a four-quadrant movie that everyone can relate to. You know, it's the beautiful use of color that just pops right off the screen and transports you right into the wonderful world of Oz. You know, it's... That strat, that that contrast between that stylized black and white that looks more or less like this very like oppressive brown color, uh, it's all of a sudden just like this euphoric, beautiful colors. It's it's amazing. Um, it also has these wonderful sets designs that make you feel like you're in a book really more so than anywhere else it feels like you're in a book that's like come to life that adds to the overall feel of the movie that doesn't feel dated dated in a in any way i mean i say that it does but it's like a charming dated it just it fits it makes it a little bit more like timeless and, and magical but you know at the end of the day what i love most about this movie is that it's a journey of, of self-discovery and learning the lessons of what it takes to, to leave home. You know, all you need to do is use your brain, make good decisions, have a little heart, encouraged to tackle the things life will throw at you. And life certainly does throw curveballs at you all the time. Um, I think that's the reason this movie has continued to inspire generation after generation you know sure there's no place like home but we all at some point have to leave it and these are the lessons that dorothy learns you know or, or something the lessons that she learns are, are something that we can all take with us um at the end of the day um and i think that when you really break this movie down it's about remembering where you came from um to realize where you can go if only you dream 
I, I, I really do. I think this, this movie is, it has earned the right to be called classic. And uh, speaking of, of movies held in high esteem, this movie has a Rotten Tomato score of 98%, with the consensus being an absolute masterpiece whose groundbreaking visual uh, visuals and deaf storytelling are still every bit as resonant. The Wizard of Oz is a must-see film for young and old. Uh, this score holds up, and the consensus rings very true to how I feel about the movie myself. You know, while you know this isn't a movie I'm going to sit down and watch every year. You know, there are certain movies that I might watch once or twice, and I usually don't really go back to them. Then there's movies like the Lord of the Rings, excuse me, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, or the Skywalker saga that I watch yearly um, or movies like, you know, Man of Steel, The Dark Knight, you know, th those kind of, for me, groundbreaking Fight Club is another one. Th those are the kind of movies that I, I go back and I watch yearly. This is probably not it, but it's certainly, you know, one that I'll, I'll show my children and one that has earned the right to call itself a classic. And, and in many ways, this movie is the benchmark for the entire fantasy genre. It really is. Um, so that 98% seems to be right on the money for this one. I would probably put it there as well. Again, it's not one that I'm going to go back and watch over and over and over and over and over again now that I'm older and it's not really the kind of stuff that I'm into as much but it's a great movie it is a great movie and it's again it's timeless um but let's move on to some some fun facts here uh, many of the Wicked Witch of the West scenes were either trimmed or deleted entirely as the actress playing her Margaret Hamilton's performance was uh, thought to be too frightening for audiences now, I know I'm definitely not speaking for just myself when I say this, but the wicked the, the wicked witch gave gave me nightmares growing up. She was terrifying. Um so if she was terrifying in the theatrical cut that they released, I'm curious as to what she looked like in these deleted scenes that were thought to be too frightening i i'd love to go back and see them because i i don't i don't know if i would be scared of it now but i I'd, I'd love to to see what what it would have been like um judy garland found it difficult to be afraid of margaret hamilton because she was uh, such a nice lady off camera uh that's awesome that's that's always awesome i mean obviously if i were a child i'd be terrified but <clears throat> you know it's always good to hear when actors or actresses are really nice off screen. Um, and from what I've read up on this movie and the production and the making of it and the you know incredibly tragic life of, of Judy Garland, she Margaret Hamilton was probably the only nice person to Judy Garland on set, uh, which is ultimately just. It's, it's a tragedy and incredibly sad and frustrating. Um, I'm glad we live in times where if people are dicks or assholes, they can get called out for it. That's, that's nice. I'm, I'm, you know, I usually don't like call-out culture as much, but in regards to Judy Garland, the stuff that she went through and the abuse 
that she suffered. I wish that this would have taken place in a different time so those people could have been ousted from their jobs because no excuse for that kind of behavior in a, in a professional work setting, absolutely, or just in general. But, you know, that's just utterly ridiculous. But I'm glad that Margaret Hamilton was at least nice to Judy Garland. Um, a recent study claimed that this is the most watched movie in film history largely due to the number of television screenings each year as well as the various video, DVD, Blu-ray, and 4K releases which have been uh, enabled children to, uh, of every and all generations to see it. Um, like I said, like this is one of those seminal movies that I feel like every kid has seen. Uh, much like at least the first Star Wars, Star Wars A New Hope, you know, these movies, you know, I, I, or The Wizard of Oz. I, I, feel, I feel like... Everybody has seen this movie at least once, even if it's not, you know, one that most people go back and watch. I feel like most people have at least watched it once, so that that makes sense to me. That that makes sense to me. Um, Dorothy's iconic red slippers are now live at the Smithsonian's institution and are so popular that the carpet in front of the attraction has had to be replaced numerous times due to wear and tear. That is also not surprising because that's an iconic thing about this movie is the the red slippers and that, you know, that iconic shot, using that word again, iconic, of the shoes tapping in no place like home. It just, you know, that's that's an iconic shot. Um, the famous Surrender Dorothy skywriting scene was done using a tank of water and a tiny model uh, which attached uh, to the end of a long... Uh, hypodermic needle a hypodermic needle i cannot spell guys i'm sorry the syringe was filled with milk the tip of the needle was put into a tank and the words were written in reverse while being filmed from below that's very creative i i would not have thought to do that um there was an added phrase to surrender dorothy which was or die oh jesus it was uh, cut before the movie premiered. That's crazy. Uh, it, I mean, granted, they were talking about it. Or we kind of talked about it earlier where they said that they had to cut down some of her performance because it was frightening. You know, definitely the threatening death on someone who's supposed to be a preteen. You know, that's pretty hardcore. So, yeah, I could, I could see why they would want to uh, get rid of that. But that is pretty clever. Um, use of, of filmmaking right there. I always love hearing stuff like that. It's always super interesting about how certain people get certain shots. It's pretty cool. The song Over the Rainbow was ranked number one by American Film Institute in 2004 on the 100 Greatest Songs in America Films list. Yeah, this, again, this is a song that I feel like everyone has heard, everyone knows, everyone hums. You know, it, it's played often, you know, and it's it's a beautiful song, and it makes sense that it would, yeah, greatest songs of all, uh, greatest songs in America films list. Yeah, that, that makes sense to me. The horses in Emerald City were placed, uh, or, excuse me, the horses in Emerald's Palace were uh, colored with jello crystals. The relevant scenes had to be shot quickly before the horse started to lick it off. Yeah, I always wondered how they were able to 
do the colors on the horses. I mean, it, it's hidden cleverly. Like they, they'll show the horse different color, and then they go back, and then you see it, it's a different color again. Um, but there are certain shots where you could tell it's a little spotty. So <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't hold that. That one doesn't hold up as well that effect, but it's still pretty cool. Um, over the rainbow, somewhere over the rainbow was nearly cut from the film, which is freaking ridiculous. Uh, MGM felt that it made Kansas sequence too long, which again is like, that's my, I think that might be my favorite sequence. Um, as well as being too far over the heads of children for whom it was intended. Again, people always underestimate the intelligence of children and it's kind of upsetting. The studio also thought that it was, uh, degrading for Judy Garland to sing in a barnyard. I, I, I don't I don't agree with that at all. Um, a reprise of the song was cut. Dorothy sang it to remember Kansas while in prison in the, the Witch Castle. Garland began to cry along the crew because the song was so bad. Uh, I cannot believe that they almost cut the song from the movie. Because again, it's, I think it's the most iconic thing from this entire movie. Um, and there's a lot of stuff in it that's really legendary. So, um, thank God that they they came to their better senses and didn't do that. Um, and the famous poppy field scene in which Dorothy falls asleep. The snow used in those shots was made from 100% uh, asbestos, industrial grade asbestos. Jesus. Despite the fact that the health hazards of asbestos has been known for several years. That's gross, man. And they were covered in that stuff, too. Jesus. Man. Yeah. That's that's definitely a, an OSHA work hazard, for sure. Um, contrary to popular belief, the film was anything but a box office failure on its initial release. And yeah, that is something. It's like one of those urban legends. Kind of like, you know, if you pause it at the right moment, you can see one of the... Uh, little people hung himself on on the set which again is not true that's a bird on the set so that that's that's not true um although it added to the legend when we were kids um but yeah that was something else that was talked about was how this movie was initially a failure but then it became a success it's like one of those rumors that just picks up steam and kind of just goes and goes and goes and a you know, eventually becomes truth. But the reality is it actually did pretty well. Um, it did modestly in the United States and the returns uh, during the initial 1939-19 release in Great Britain, Scandinavia, Mexico, Brazil, and Australia were exceptional. So yeah, this movie was a box office success. So you can put those, uh, just like the, the person who supposedly hung himself, this rumor can be put to bed. It, it's not true. Um, Wizard of Oz was made by MGM in response to the huge success of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Yeah, I also, that, that makes sense to me. Uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, I think, as soon as it came out, became one of the largest, if not the largest movie to be made, um, in terms of its, its box office gross. And I could see why MGM, who owned the rights at the time, would want to make something in response to that it's something that studios do now all the time too so um 
urgent urban legend claims that if you play pink floyd's dark side of the moon over the wizard of oz it, it lines up perfectly now as someone who has done this uh it sort of does and it sort of doesn't doesn't you know the beginning it 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 it, it, it yeah the beginning it lines up pretty good um, when they enter uh, Emerald City, that lines up pretty good. Some of the stuff doesn't, but if listen, if you're into that sort of stuff, it's a lot of fun. I recommend trying it. It's pretty cool, especially if you love Pink Floyd like I do and, and rock music. It's yeah, it's pretty fun. It doesn't all line up perfectly, but it's pretty fun. Um, the Wizard of Oz was nominated for six Oscars, including Best Picture. Uh, it lost Best Picture to Gone with the Wind, which is you know, to some people, a problematic classic um, to, for today's standards. But I'll be honest, I've seen Gone with the Wind once. I haven't really gone back to it. Again, Oscars, I love them. Um, I really do. I don't really usually put a lot of stock in them, though, because, you know, movies are subjective. And I get while they're, they are important to the film industry because it is the film industry and your peers recognizing you as the best but as someone who is a film lover or someone who is an aspiring film critic and as someone who you know reviews movies from time to time i usually don't put a lot of stake into them because movies are subjective um and handing out awards to them for me it's it's, it's a little uh meaningless but again i understand why um, they mean a lot to people within the industry itself because you're being recognized by your peers. And what's, you know, what's greater than that? Being recognized that you are the best by your peers. But I do love what the Oscars represent. The Oscars represent um, a love of film and a celebration of film. So on that level, the Oscars hold a special place in my heart, which is why I watch them every year. And I can remember all the movies that have won Best Picture since 1994 or 93. So it's it's it, that's why the Oscars mean a lot to me. But if I could redo the Oscars, I this year I'd probably give it to Wizard of Oz, um, especially considering I, I, Gone with the Wind isn't as talked about today as the Wizard of Oz. I don't think, um, at least in my circles, I'm, it might be different in some of yours. Um, and the last fun fact we'll get to here is four directors worked on The Wizard of Oz. Uh, Richard Thrope um, was fired after two weeks. Uh, George Cukor, uh, uh, can't spell that name, filled uh, in for three days. Then Victor Fleming directed the f um, four, for four months. When Fleming was uh, summoned to replace uh, George uh, Cukor on Gone with the Wind, <laughs> King uh, Vidor agreed to complete the final 10 days. That is insane. Talk about... Could you imagine if that was in the press today? My God. Like, it was a, it was a circus when... Uh, Chris Miller and Phil Lord got replaced after shooting 80% uh, of Solo, and they got replaced by Ron Howard. Could you imagine if, you know, internet culture were around then, and you're like, oh my god, this movie had four 
different directors. Obviously, Victor Fleming got the final credit. He did the most. Um, but still, that's that's pretty wild. Um, but anyways, before we get to our award section, we're going to take a quick break to let you hear an ad from our sponsor. And we are back. Thank you so much to our sponsor over here at Ben Davis Movie Podcast. But we are going to move on to our award section. And we're going to start off with favorite scenes and moments. And... I don't have as many as you would think. I only have about seven listed here, but they're all great. The movie itself is just fantastic, but these are the seven scenes that really just hit home for me. Um, number one, I'm going to start off with this, and it's Dorothy singing Somewhere Over the Rainbow. You know, Judy Garland really has an amazing voice. <laughs> just a flat-out amazing voice. And this scene and song is just so, again, using the word, iconic. It's really just flat out magical. And I love the shot of the sun peeking through the clouds. I, I just, I really do. I love the shot in, in this scene. Um, next scene I have listed here is Dorothy entering Oz. Uh, this was always my favorite scene growing up. And there is a hell of a lot going on in this sequence. Uh, the First off, the colors in this sequence just pop flat out just pop it's just so gorgeous it feels like a drawing come to life it's just it's it's like a it's still like a it's it's a clear painting but i think it adds it, it's clear that it's a painting but I, I think it adds to the classic feel of the of the film itself um and and to be honest it, it's 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 just such a magical and, and wonderful sequence. Of course, this also has the the um, the all the um, munchkins pop up, which is you know a, a funny sequence with them singing. You know the lollipop guild and all that stuff. It's 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 pretty cool. This is where she you know the the wicked uh, witch of the west pops up or. East is it West or East? I forget. I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's the the Wicked Witch of the West. Yes, Wicked Witch of the West. This is where she pops up, um, and of course she says that infamous line of "I'll get you, my pretty, and your little dog too." The thing is, this scene just has so much going on, um, and it's it's just a wonderful scene. It, it perfectly puts you in the mindset for okay she's dreaming this is a fantasy it, it it's it's perfect I, I i really really enjoy this uh this sequence um moving on to my next favorite sequence or one of my next scenes is uh introduction of the scarecrow uh it's just so delightful and charming i i love the introduction of the scarecrow um, the way that the Scarecrow moves, it's perfect. It's perfect physical acting. And, of course, I, I truly love this the song, If I Only Had a Brain. It's probably my second favorite song in the movie. Um, moving on to, and you're going to sense a pattern in these next choices, um, Introduction of the Tin Man. Uh, he was always my favorite one growing up. Uh, I, I love that, you know, the song. If I love both the uh, if, if I Only songs. They're, they're both tremendous. Um, and all are, you know, the same musically, but they are, they are different lyrically and 
sounds so different because of that. It's very particular to the characters, and I, and I like that. I can't tell you how many times also in the choreography in the scene he does the thing where he tips over and he moves himself back. How many times I've, I've done that or I've tried that in, in real life. Um, and, of course, the next scene I have listed is the introduction of the Cowardly Lion. Like I said, you're going to sense a theme here. Um, probably my favorite one of my favorite performances in the movie. I won't say it's my favorite, but it's it's certainly the, the one that gets the most laughs from me. Um, this character's just flat out hilarious, you know, between his his introduction of him over overcompensating and his instant cower, uh, cowarding as he gets hit is just the it's the funniest parts of, of the movie. Just the 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 cowardly line. He, he's the funniest part. Um next scene i have listed is of course the death of uh the wicked witch oh what a world what a world uh, <laughs> uh the death scene is so it's again i drink every time i say this word it's iconic um it's one of the best death sequences it's it's something so simplistic like water destroys her you know and again it's one of the best uh villain deaths for sure um, and the last one I have listed here is the gift giving scene. Um, mostly because throughout the movie, they're all searching for that thing that they think that they lack, but really they don't lack those things. They all show them and they show that they have them. And the message of needing something physical to represent something that you already have on the inside, it's, it's a timeless message. Uh, and again, it's what makes this movie so ageless. So out of all these seven scenes, though, I still got to go with my number one, and it's the number one scene that I have listed here. It's it's Dorothy singing somewhere over the rainbow. It's just again, it's so magical. I just I love it. So that one gets my favorite scene. Um, worst moments and scenes. I only have one thing listed. I, I that truly that's the only thing I have, um, and it's the King of the Forest song. I love the song. I love the song. Um, one of the funniest things my dad used to do is when we were kids, he would some he would imitate singing this, and it was pitch perfect with uh, the actor who plays the Cowardly Lion. But honestly, it's so random. Like it comes out of nowhere, and they're they're just breaking shit in Oz's place, giving and giving the Cowardly Lion a cape. It just seems weird and misplaced. Like they. It was in the actor's contract that he had to sing this song one more time, but at, or sing another song. But it just seems so misplaced so, to me that it's the only one I have listed. So it's the winner. It's the the whole song of uh, King of the Forest. Even though I like the song by itself, it's it's really funny. Um, best performance. Um, this one's pretty clear to me. Um, it's Judy Garland. She makes this movie. Uh, her performance is absolutely outstanding. Um, again, she had a very, very, very tragic life. But you wouldn't know it if you watched it, just this movie. She is such an incredible actress, and her voice is just, my God, it's so beautiful. So she carries this movie, too. If if you don't have her in that role, I don't know if the movie works as well. So that's why she gets best performance for me. Um, the Does This Make Sense Award. Uh, I have a couple things. Now, 
most of these things you can be excused because, oh, well, Dorothy's in a dream, yada, yada, yada. But these are the things that I, I have listed. Uh, why does Mrs. Gulch hate Toto so much? I really don't know, and they they don't ever – I mean, they say why she got bit, but to, it's, Toto's a tiny dog, and she wants to take him to the police – oh, the sheriff's office to have him, and I quote, destroyed – it seems a little harsh for like a twelve-pound dog. Um, so it's she got bit by a twelve-pound dog, and I know twelve-pound dogs. No matter what, you get bit by a dog. It it sucks. It's not fun. But wanting to destroy a, a tiny dog just seems a little overreactionary to me. Um, <laughs> this has been poked fun of, and and and. It, it's been poked fun of and made to be a point in a lot of like sketches on comedy shows, but why is Glinda so useless? And it's it's sort of true. Like I, I get it though. You know, Glinda shows up to save the day. You know, she she could have just sent her home this entire time. You know, but it's about the journey and not the destination and i get that this is you know a, a comic complaint but in reality i like like glenda says she has to learn these lessons for herself she can't be told them you know it's all part of the journey of self-discovery uh, if you know I, I don't know how many times someone told me something growing up that i just didn't i didn't care to listen and i didn't listen only to learn that lesson and go, okay, they they get it. I should have probably listened to them, you know. So I get pe- why people think Glenda is useless. But at the end of the day, she's trying to help um, Dorothy as a person. So I I don't mind it. Um, next one I have is they had a cleaning station designed specifically at the emerald palace for these characters already even though their needs are you know incredibly specific that seems a little you know convenient but at the same time again it can be excused because of the dream setting you know so i can kind of excuse that uh oz just leaving dorothy um, after Toto jumps out. To me, this is just, it's messed up. I don't know, you know, he says the line, I don't know how this works. Then why the hell did you get in? If you don't know how it works, it doesn't make any sense to me. I I, I think Oz is, he, he's, he's a terrible person. <laughs> now, he's not really a terrible person, but that, that just never made any sense to me. Um, why does everyone endure, or... Why does everyone in Dorothy's real life show up in her dream except for Uncle Henry? Uh, this is kind of weird. Yeah, Uncle Henry never really shows up in her dream, but everyone else does, uh, including Auntie M. Even though she's not a character, she's very much present within that one scene when she's in the crystal ball hearing her um, uh, call out to her. I guess after they got out from the tornado, which kind of adds to the dreamlike layer of of uh, Dorothy hearing her in her sleep and not being able to wake up, which I'm sure has probably happened to a couple people. It's happened to me before, um, but regardless of that, you know, Dorothy, Uncle Henry not showing up. I think I feel like he's kind of absentee. He seems like he just doesn't really care as much. Not that he's bad. He just 
doesn't really have really a, a lot to do with Dorothy and her life. Um, so that kind of makes sense. But to me, the winner and the biggest thing, what the hell happens to Toto and Mrs. Gulch? Like, I don't, they don't really address it. She just wakes up from her dream and everything's fine. No one knows. Because we all know Mrs. Gulch is going to come back for that dog. Or Miss Gulch is going to come back for that dog. So, I don't know. I, I, I hope that Toto's okay. And that to me just, it doesn't make sense why they don't just address that. That's the, that's the winner. But the MVP of this movie, Judy Garland. She is a two-time winner. Um, and to me, the reason why she deserves it is because the amount of terrible... The, the terrible ways that she was treated on set of this movie. And also how great she is in this movie. Despite everything going on behind the scenes of how she was just abused... Um, behind the scenes and how she was able to overcome that and deliver an incredible performance not to mention seeing one of the most beautiful songs ever written um, and the best version of the song uh, I think um, is why she deserves the MVP award absolutely um, but why would I recommend this movie uh to me, this this movie is is timeless. It's magical, and it's a um, transformative experience into a, a magical land far away, um, with a lot of lessons to to teach. Again, you know, the movie is ultimately a journey of of self discovery and learning these lessons. That yeah, someone can tell you, but someone telling you these lessons aren't going to have the same effect as if you actually live through them. Um, and that, that, that's why I, I think this movie's awesome. Um, and, and I think it, again, still holds up to this day. It's a magical experience. But that is it for this week's show. Um, we'll be back next week with a guest to talk about another film in the fantasy genre. But until then, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you can stay up to date with all the latest content. And while you're at it, leave a rating and a review if you'd be so kind. It, it does help us out a great deal over here at Ben Davis Movie Podcast. You can also follow me over on Instagram at Ben Davis Movie Podcast where I post reviews of newer movies from time to time. Again, I've been slacking on that. Um, there is a reason. Um, we'll see what the future holds. Anyways, guys, till next time. Stay classy.